Welcome to the Financial Bites Podcast. I'm here to share news and numbers important to social media creators, influencers, entrepreneurs, business owners, and anyone else. And I do this in bite-sized podcasts. So you've probably heard the term capital gains or capital gains tax before, but have you ever scratched your head really wondering what does that really mean? Well, we're going to talk about that more today. Hi, my name is Chris Passmore and I'm your social media CPA. So capital gains tax, what is that and how is it different from the ordinary income tax that we all pay every year in April? Well, capital gains tax is a very specific tax at a very specific rate assigned to the sale of property. You compare that to what you normally think of with your income taxes in April. That's the amount of tax you pay on the wages you've earned at your company or your business or your employer. A capital gains tax is an amount of tax that you will have to pay when you sell an asset, most commonly real estate. But it can be related to any asset. You can have a capital gains tax due when you sell a car, when you sell a motorcycle or your primary residence, your home, or even an investment property. So that's the point. A capital gains tax is this related to the sale of an asset that you owned often at a higher amount than you paid for. So let's get back to that car example. If you buy a classic car and it costs $50,000 and that becomes more valuable four years down the road and you sell it for an additional $50,000, that amount that has appreciated will have a tax amount due when you sell that asset. And actually that's another important point. A capital gains tax is only triggered when you sell the actual property. You don't have to pay a capital gains tax as the value goes up but you still own it. It is only due when you sell the asset and you earn the money from the person who bought it from you. So there are two general buckets for capital gains. There is short-term capital gains and long-term capital gains. So what's the difference? So it all comes down to how long you have held that asset. Uh, Back to the example of the car. If you've held that car, meaning you bought it and then you sold it within 12 months or less, less than one year, that will be taxed at the short-term capital gains rate. In the alternative, there's long-term capital gains tax. That is when you have bought the asset but then sold it after 12 months, so you've owned it for 13 months or two years or five years or seven years, but longer than one year. And that's when you qualify for long-term capital gains tax treatment. And that's an important distinction because the taxes that you'll have to pay are much less on a long-term capital gains transaction than a short-term capital gains transaction. And it could be as small as a one-month difference, but you could pay almost half in tax if you wait 13 months versus selling it in 11 months. So that's an important thing to remember. 
So let's talk about the actual tax amount, the actual capital gains tax amount. So let's start with the short term. This is those the items that you've bought and sold in less than 12 months. So the short term tax percentage that you will pay on the profit you've made is equal to your ordinary income tax rate. So this is the same percentage as you pay on your wages in April when you file your personal income tax return. Uh, for reference, that rate can go up to 37% based on your income. If you are familiar with your personal income tax rates, the amount goes up the more income you have, but that does go up to 37% at the highest tax bracket. Now you compare that to the tax that will be due on a long-term capital transaction. Those rates, there are three of them, are either 0% or no tax. You have 15% or 20%. You can see those are much less than your up to 37% under your ordinary rates. And you're probably asking, well, how do I qualify for zero? That's obviously the best answer. So it depends on your income and your filing status, whether you're single or you're married filing jointly. So just using married filing jointly as an example, you would qualify for 0% long-term capital gains if your combined taxable income is up to approximately $80,000. The next bucket, the 15% capital gains tax for long term, that's if your income as a married couple is up to $500,000. And then the 20% long term capital gains tax is for those married filing jointly in excess of $500,000. But you can see that the tax treatment at the long term rate is much more favorable than the short-term rate, so keep that in mind. So now I'm going to talk about two major tips that I want to highlight, specifically as it relates to the most common thing that people deal with, and that is the sale of a primary residence. This is your home. So if you're going to sell your home, will you have to pay capital gains tax on that sale? Because this will probably be one of the most significant financial transactions in your life. So the, the tip number one is great news if you are a married couple filing jointly because you can exclude a gain up to $500,000. But there's a catch. You have to live in that house two of the five most recent years. You can't own the home and rent it out for five years and then qualify for this exclusion. You physically have to live in that house in two of the last five years. And it doesn't have to be consecutive. It doesn't have to be one year and then the following. It can be any of the five years. But you can exclude up to $500,000 of profit, of gain, if you do meet that two out of five year threshold. So you can see that that's significant. So if you are planning the sale of your home, make sure that you can take advantage of this exclusion if you qualify for it. And then my second tip is, this is all based on your profit. So this is the excess of what you sold it versus what you bought it for. But Along the way, if you've made improvements to your house, if you've redone your kitchen, if you've redone a bathroom, all of those improvements 
get added to the amount that you paid for the house. So when you sell the house, you have a higher basis and therefore less profit. So my tip to you is keep those receipts in a folder somewhere or on your computer, scan them in. Because if you're in your house for 15, 20, 25 years, there's a high likelihood that you've made significant improvements to your home. And you wanna capitalize all those when you sell that. And we all know 15 years down the road, you can't remember how much you spent on your kitchen, on your bathroom, but if you have a folder somewhere in a desk drawer or a folder on your computer keeping track of all those improvements, you can rely upon those when you sell your house and again, minimize those capital gains that are due upon sale. Well, I hope you found that information useful. Please like and subscribe. I appreciate your support. I am trying to build my, my channel up. And you can always find me on my website. That's socialmediacpa.com. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Financial Bites podcast. Check back regularly for important accounting, tax, and business tips for you in your business.